HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Cutting the Curd has been brought to you by Academy Opus Cassius. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training in the heart of France. For more information, visit academy-mons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E-M-O-N-S.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, this is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network. This week I'm welcoming, again, Janet Fletcher, noted cheese book author, whose newest book is called Yogurt, Sweet and Savory Recipes for Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner. Uh, It's just come out in 2015. Welcome, Janet. Hi, Diane. Nice to be with you. Thank you. Uh, I have an interesting history that I want to tell our listeners about your books. About a year and a half ago, I interviewed you about your beer and cheese book. Uh-huh. And I was um, a bit panicked because I didn't know much about beer, and I think we arranged it like a month ahead. And I didn't even like beer, I hate to admit. I, I know that was wrong, but I didn't like beer, and I didn't know anything about it. So I had to invite many cheese and beer experts over to my house, most notably Everett Presley, uh, then I think of Wine Library and now the Forever Cheese, to teach me quickly enough about beer so I could conduct a proper interview. And Janet, I fell in love with beer. I am so so thrilled to hear that. <laughs> Isn't it a wonderful journey? I craft beer as like something you know is going to be part of your life forever now. I know. I. Uh, it's just so, it's so nice to have a new beverage, uh, you know, when you weren't expecting it. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> now, I don't know. I'm wondering what your yogurt book's going to do for me. Because well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be, watch out. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm scared. Obsession. I'm scared. I already like yogurt, though, and I eat it almost daily. So um, at least I know a bit about it, more than, than starting out with a beer book. 
Well, there's a lot to know about yogurt, yes. and I certainly yes. learned a lot uh, mm-hmm. along the way. I learned, I think, some better methods for making it, and mm-hmm. I learned a lot about how to choose it, how to make some better choices at the store if you're buying store-bought yogurt, mm-hmm. and so many ways to use it beyond the you know, fruit and granola uh, right. that I think right. most people Yes, that's the, that's the uh, starter the starter drug for yogurt. Right, and I think you know gradually we graduate to more sophisticated uses, more savory uses mm-hmm. like yogurt uh, as a marinade, as mm-hmm. a salad, or in salads, a yogurt in soups. Mm-hmm. Some wonderful uh, soups from Turkey and mm-hmm. Persia uh, that that use yogurt uh, in place of mm-hmm. cream, the way a French cook would use cream. Um, uh, Middle Eastern cook might be inclined to use yogurt. Right. Now, how did you select the topic? How did you, you know, Beer and Cheese was the book before? Well, yes, as you mentioned, I've written a lot about cheese. So yes. Uh, yes. I guess I have, I have a, a dairy obsession. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, I've loved yogurt for a long time, and it just uh, seemed pretty obvious that uh, people in recent years have been coming to yogurt, too, in droves. Mm-hmm. mostly the Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I saw the, the real estate at the supermarket that was given over to yogurt was just expanding daily. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like people were confused by what they what they found at the market. They didn't know whether they should buy nonfat or whole milk or, you know, what were all these uh, Latin names on the on the package? What did those mean? Uh, lactobacillus, this and that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just felt like people needed some guidance in making good choices and and they needed, I uh, when they were ready, uh, some good instructions for how to make yogurt at home. Mm-hmm. And then I just wanted to open up the world of sweet and savory uses for yogurt. Mm-hmm. Now, was it completely your idea, or a publisher? Did a publisher come to you? No, this one was mine, mm-hmm. uh, but it didn't take any convincing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everyone uh, can see the numbers on yogurt. The, it's one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing. Uh, segment in the, in the supermarket, especially mm-hmm. Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. The numbers are astonishing. Mm-hmm. Now, how does a food author like yourself come up with new ideas? Because you can't just keep writing about cheese. Well, you know, I probably could <laughs> because there's uh, so much going on in the cheese world and mm-hmm. so much fascination with that, too. But I guess my interests are a, a little broader than that. So, you know, what what happens to me is that I get just uh, you know, totally engrossed with something, and I want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. And it, when I can couple that with a trend, mm-hmm. then a publisher gets interested. If it's mm-hmm. just my little passion, but nobody mm-hmm. else shares it, then I have a hard time selling it to a publisher. But in this case, uh, publishers recognized that a lot of other people were coming to yogurt, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it was mm-hmm. a you know it was a big story that hadn't really been told. There, right. was, there was this spate of yogurt books back in the you know, 70s, sort of the hippie right. era uh, when people were making yogurt as a, as a health food and a hippie food. But it's gotten so much beyond that. It's mm-hmm. now very, uh, you know, it's presented in sophisticated and stylish ways. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, companies like uh, Strauss here on the West Coast that make gorgeous organic yogurt and Chobani that's, you know, helped introduce Greek yogurt to the to the masses. Mm-hmm. So there's a, the audience for yogurt is so much bigger than it used to be. Mm-hmm. 
Now, is are write is is writing food books uh, enough to do alone, or um, many cheese authors seem to have other gigs? Uh, do you? What are your other gigs? Is it at a store, at a restaurant, at a school? No, I'm exclusively a food writer, and mm-hmm. I've been doing it uh, successfully for for thirty years now. Write I write a lot of books. I write for magazines. Mm-hmm. I write. Uh, uh, I develop recipes. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of uh, website writing, and mm-hmm. r- recently I've launched a blog called Planet mm-hmm. Cheese. Mm-hmm. That, now, uh, does that replace you know, the um, column in the Chronicle? Yes, it okay. did. Uh, okay. That um, column ran for about ten years, right? And when it stopped, I just couldn't bear to stop writing about cheese. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so was that weekly? Just, was the column weekly? It was weekly, uh-huh. and the uh, and know, the blog is weekly. weekly. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, it's a way to keep my, you know, my fingers in the in the cheese world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you feel that it's required to have a blog these days? No, only if you have something to say. Okay. But, you know, I, the reason I write Planet Cheese is because I am still really deeply engaged in the world of uh, artisan cheese, mm-hmm. and I want to enlighten about it. I want to keep learning about it, and. So, you know, I feel like I have something to say and something to share every week with readers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you're doing it just because you feel like it's something you've got to do, it's, uh, I think it, that comes through right, uh, right. to your readers very quickly. Mm-hmm. Do you ever give yourself weeks off? I, well, Planet Cheese is a week old, and I haven't, I mean, a week old, a year old, <laughs> yeah. and I haven't missed a week. I'm oh, okay. Today. Okay, but you could, I mean, if it was holiday time or... Well, Do you yeah, feel pressure one, to... One could, but mm-hmm. I... I uh, I write, write best with a deadline. Okay. So the you know the knowledge that I've there's kind of an, an implicit promise to readers that there will be a planet cheese every week in right. their inbox, and, mm-hmm. and so I want to want to make good on that promise. And I you know I haven't taken a week off. But okay. If, if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now, how long does it not, take? Did it take to fun. to write the yogurt book? Well, you always want more time. Mm-hmm. You know, publisher gives you a deadline uh, when right. you sign a contract, and it's never enough time. Uh, I, I think I spent about a year on it, uh, mm-hmm. maybe ten months. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, I've I've been accumulating knowledge about yogurt and uh, recipes using yogurt mm-hmm. for a long time, and just having the book deadline forces you to test those recipes and kind of put your your material in a in a in a usable form. I, yeah, I, I want to ask something about the recipes. I'm just wondering, um, what are the rules about recipes? Do they have to be original? How, you know, does one judge originality with a recipe? Well, you know, with yogurt, uh, it has a long history. And that's yeah, an understatement. Yeah, that yeah. People have been making yogurt for 5,000 years right. and using it. So there are many traditional recipes right. that are not well known in this country, and mm-hmm. I wanted to introduce those to people. But mm-hmm. I, ha- I couldn't just take them from another book. I had to create my own uh, version of them. So, so your own example, twist. You know, there, I have some riotas in my book, um, Indian yogurt salads. Okay. But they're of my own invention with my own proportions and my own uh, timings and techniques. Okay. Uh, so that... So, you know, ba- I consider them my own, even though they're based on a traditional concept. Right. And is anyone running around checking? Is there like a fact checker for recipe books that makes sure there's no recent overlap? 
No, but you, you know, if you were if you were ripping off other people's recipes, you would um, get discovered pretty soon, I imagine, and you'd okay. <laughs> never work in that town again. You know, <laughs> it's like you would you would be uh, your reputation would be shot. Okay, so it's okay. not a thing that a reputable food writer is going to do. Okay, is there a Plus, statue? You know, Diane, the fun of it is yeah. creating your own recipe. Oh, the okay. fun of it's not ripping off somebody else. It's it's coming up with a recipe that and a presentation that's distinctly yours. Okay. So a, a recipe just doesn't co- become yours over time. Well, it, uh, you know, I'm looking, I've got my book open, and I'm looking at a salad that I have in there. It's a cucumber salad with yogurt, golden raisins, walnuts, and mint. Okay. So this is a, a classic uh, mm-hmm. Persian, you know, Iranian salad. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find it in other books, mm-hmm. but... My book has the proportions that I like and the techniques okay. that I like. Um, if anybody else wrote this recipe in the way that I wrote it, I mean, the, the actual legal uh, aspect to your question is that the formula, the ingredients, uh, can't be copyrighted. I can't protect that. Okay. If someone wanted to take my ingredients and, you know, and, and reproduce it in their book, they mm-hmm. could, and I couldn't do anything. But the way I expressed the recipe, my head note, my introduction, and the way I, the text, that I can copyright, and I have. Okay. Uh, so that cannot be ripped off. Even the um, proportions? The amounts? Yeah, I mean, the proportions are considered a formula. Okay. You can't okay. copyright the formula. Oh, okay. That being said, okay. it's not a very ethical thing to do. To no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just curious. <laughs> also, you know, another question I had was I'm not used to calling yogurt salad calling yogurt a salad yeah well imagine this it's like a dressing on a salad imagine that you've taken some roasted beets yeah and great grated them Mm -hmm. and then folded them into yogurt with some garlic and some dill uh, and served it you know cold or at room temperature Mm -hmm. you wouldn't consider that a salad i might call it a beet salad yeah it's a beet salad (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, there are lots of I, what I would consider salads in the sense that they're vegetable-based okay. and they're cool. Or mm-hmm. uh, there's a wonderful one in the book with grated carrots that you saute in hot olive oil. And then you fold the mm-hmm. carrots. While they're warm, you fold them into yogurt with, with garlic and, mm-hmm. and toasted cumin. So it's a, I don't, whether you call it a salad or a side dish, it doesn't matter. But right. uh, it's a salad-type Concept. Okay. Now, do you have many parties while you're in the process of testing recipes? You mean to, to share the to share yes, my work yeah, in progress? Yeah. 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 <laughs> not you know not typically because I want my when I have people over for dinner I want them to have a a finished work. Oh. I don't want to experiment on people. So okay. my husband is really the the one who gets the. <laughs> The pleasure of uh, my work's in progress. <laughs> well, that was my next question. Is your husband sick of yogurt? I don't think so. He hasn't <laughs> said that. Uh, no, I think he's right along there oh, with good, me. Good. Uh, did know, he like I, it from the start? I mean, did you already eat a lot of yogurt? Yeah, we did. We did. Um, I have certainly upped the pace uh-huh. since I started it. For one thing, I've just gotten into Once you get into the routine of making it, Yeah. And get your ritual down, and have all your you know equipment. It's it's uh, it's just like a ritual, and it be, it becomes easier and more routine, and mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. you do in twenty minutes almost without thinking. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it, it's something 
that's always in my mm-hmm. kitchen, mm-hmm. always in my refrigerator. Right. Well, what is great about the book, it's how appetizing the recipes sound and look and how some are mostly yogurt, some are a, a little bit yogurt as a partial ingredient, and uh, it just makes you want to cook and try out a lot of the recipes. Well, thank you. I also think one strength of the book is the the homemade the homemade uh, the recipe for making yogurt at home. It's mm-hmm. a little bit different from what most people do, and I think it gives a a particularly creamy mm-hmm. and uh, luscious yogurt. Mm-hmm. Are you expecting most people reading the book to be making their own yogurt? Well, I hope people will try because mm-hmm. there's that satisfaction of doing anything yourself, the pride of having made it yourself. And it, and the savings are quite significant when you think that you can take a quart of milk and get a quart of yogurt out of it. Right. You, save, you save a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, all the recipes work with store-bought yogurt, and I know people are, as, everybody's as pressed for time as I am, and, mm-hmm. and you know, there's no, uh, I don't have any expectations that people will become daily yogurt. Right. Right. I think that's another good thing about the book that should be explained ahead of time is that you give choices in the recipes uh, over what recipe can be flexible in terms of what kind of store-bought yogurt, what needs full fat, what doesn't matter, what needs Greek, what need you know. You, do you, so you don't have any yogurt recipes except the homemade yogurt that must have homemade yogurt. That's correct. Now, I'm a big um, advocate for whole milk yogurt. Personally, right. that's all I ever buy, okay. and that's all I ever make. Mm-hmm. But I know that other people are more right. fat conscious, and, right. and right. all the recipes will work with other types. Uh, almost all the recipes right. will work with other types of yogurt. But you also you specify in every recipe what you recommend. Yeah, because there's sometimes you really want that thickness of a yeah. of a a drained yogurt or a Greek-style mm-hmm. yogurt, mm-hmm. and there's sometimes where you wouldn't want it. Right. Also, some of the uh, like baked goods, like a uh, there's a delicious cake in there, uh, a, a golden yogurt cake, I call it, and it it, um, it really needs the full-fat yogurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. You know, it's it's very helpful to tell people that in advance. Well, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd, talking to Janet Flesher about her yogurt book, and we'll be back in a minute or two. listening to It's Cold and Beautiful by Magical Mistakes. This is Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The Academy Opus Caseus is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. The Academy is the only professional cheese school integrating hands-on practice, formal instruction, and curriculum-related visits in every course. 
The Academy's core courses for mongers and affineurs are offered at the Mons facilities in France, and abridged courses are offered in Vermont, California, and London. A structured discipline of sensory analysis is practiced daily. The Academy has been recognized by the American Cheese Society as an approved education center for those preparing for the certified cheese professional exam. Here's a reading of a quote from Kevin Palmaccio, a graduate of the program. The balance of time is what sets essential foundations apart from other educational opportunities. While the classroom is important, spending time at the goat farm and working alongside the Mons staff immersed us in real work and taught me real skills I've already applied in my career. As a relative newcomer to the cheese business, daily concentration on sensory analysis was paramount. As a cheesemonger, I'm now in a better position to familiarize myself with a wide range of products and sell with more confidence. For more information and to apply for courses, visit their website at academy-mons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E-M-O-N-S.com. This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Hi, this is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org, interviewing Janet Fletcher about her new yogurt book. Let's talk yogurt. Happy to do that, always. (laughs) Some questions. Um, You know, I'm more of a cheese person than a yogurt person. So one of my questions as I was reading the book, do batches of yogurt ever vary like cheese? Oh, absolutely. They're going to vary depending on uh, what you use for your culture okay. and, and how you incubate it. So, for example, if you use a really tangy yogurt to, make your, to culture your milk, you're going to mm-hmm. end up with a more tangy yogurt. And if you mm-hmm. use a more, yellow, more mellow yogurt to culture the milk, you'll have a more mellow result. So that's one difference. And the other difference is how long it takes to how long you incubate it for. You, know, you mm-hmm. could start with the same milk in the same uh, culture, but if you incubate it longer, you're going to get a tartar, okay. tangier yogurt. So that would be like recipe variations. Right. My question, yeah, though, is what about milk? Because milk, you can taste good and bad milk in cheese or interesting milk and less interesting milk in cheese. Does it come through yogurt, or does the recipe trump the milk? I Well, I would have to be honest and say I don't notice a big difference mm-hmm. in flavor when I use different brands of milk. The one uh, time when I do see a difference is when I use a, a West Coast, um, the West Coast Strauss milk, okay. S-T-R-A-U-S, and that's because Strauss is not homogenized. So mm-hmm. it's got that layer of cream at the top of the milk jar, mm-hmm. and, and consequently, when you make yogurt with it, you get, you get a layer of cream at the top of the yogurt. So I, I can always recognize, you know, Strauss. When I've made my yogurt with Strauss, I know it because I've got that layer of cream. Okay. But otherwise, I would have to say my palate isn't that, isn't that sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And if you buy the same kind of yogurt at the grocery store, is there, are they super consistent, or is there going to be variation from batch to batch? I think the commercial yogurts are pretty consistent. Most of the brands have what I would call a house style. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they standardize the fat and the protein in the milk before they start, and mm-hmm. so the uh, their recipe always comes out pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. There are some brands that are just tangier than others, and right. that's uh, that's their house style. There are some mm-hmm. that are thinner than others, some are thicker, 
and I don't find a lot of variation within the brand. Within a brand, okay. Does anyone use raw milk for yogurt? Uh, probably not. And here's the thing, Diana. When you make yogurt, you heat the milk up mm-hmm. so much that you are um, not just pasteurizing it, you're more than pasteurizing okay. it. Okay. So even if you st- start with raw milk, you're not going to have the, you know, Quote, unquote, okay. Benefits of raw milk. So it would make uh, no sense. Yogurt. It would be. It would. It would be it silly. It would be kind of a waste of raw milk okay. to make um, okay. yogurt out of it. Okay. Why do you think yogurt has gotten so popular in the past? Would you say five or ten years? Well, uh, a few things. One is that it's just delicious, and the more people who try it, the more who realize that. Mm-hmm. Another is, I think, the health benefits. People are a lot more conscious of probiotics and the benefits of. Probiotics. I don't think very many people were talking about probiotics a decade ago, mm-hmm. but now we understand that uh, the bacteria that are in yogurt are, are good for us. Mm-hmm. That they you know, offer some health benefits. Mm-hmm. As long as you're buying, as long this is a, a caution. As long as you're buying a yogurt with live active cultures, right. you have to look at the label and make sure it says live active cultures. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you can take probiotic supplements, and a lot of people do, but. Why not just eat it in a delicious bowl of yogurt? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you come across in the book as kind of anti-flavored yogurt. Can you explain that? Not, not kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. <Vanity. laughs> um, I just, I don't understand, and I know people buy these yogurts because 90 percent of what's available in the supermarket is flavored yogurt. Yeah. But why not flavor it yourself? I'm mm-hmm. not opposed to flavored yogurt. Uh huh. But why not add those flavorings yourself? Right. Why not buy plain yogurt, and then you can add sweetener to your taste. You right. can add maple mm-hmm. syrup if you like, or a, a local honey, or sugar to your taste, mm-hmm. uh, date sugar, palm sugar, whatever mm-hmm. you like. And then you can add fresh fruit uh, from the farmer's market, or mm-hmm. fresh seasonal fruit from your garden, rather than the... Uh, you yeah, know, old mushed-up fruit. Not the, the mushy fruit that goes into <laughs> right, a, a right. container of, of uh, commercial right. yogurt. I hate vanilla yogurt. It's always you, sometimes you can't find plain, and there's only vanilla. Or in those, uh, you know, Sundays they make the, in the airport if you're desperate. Right. Well, that's why a little bit of the mission of the book is try to to get more people onto the plain yogurt bandwagon, and the more. Mm-hmm. You know, we ask for it, the more we'll get it. Mm-hmm. So I, I would love to see more people develop a taste for plain, natural mm-hmm. yogurt with nothing in it but milk and cultures, mm-hmm. whether you buy it or you make it, and then uh, doctor it yourself to your own taste with fresh mm-hmm. fruits and fresh vegetables. Mm-hmm. Now, what's your opinion on most Greek-style yogurts? Well, you can you know you can make your own Greek yogurt so easily by taking... Uh, either store-bought yogurt or your own homemade yogurt and draining it mm-hmm. for an hour or two, you, and mm-hmm. you basically have Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. So you pay a big premium for the store-bought Greek yogurts, mm. and a lot of them are just too thick and uh, almost like sour cream right. for me. Right. They're mm-hmm. thick and stiff and palate coating. Mm-hmm. I think if you make it yourself, you can stop the draining before it gets to that uh-huh. super thick um, point. And it's more pleasant. Uh, you know, there are exceptions. There are some Greek yogurts out there that I like, but a lot of them are just kind of too much like sour cream. Mm-hmm. And and there are people who want to use yogurt instead of sour cream. You know, yeah, that was you know, a, a, a dieting uh, yeah. recommendation from the past. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that. Certainly, yogurt's a lot. It has a lot less fat than sour cream. So, mm-hmm. if you're making a baking recipe that's a precise formula, you would need to make some adjustments. Mm-hmm. Now, but, what uh, type of milk do you usually use when you make yogurt at home? I use whole milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, just whole milk. Just uh, regular I, whole milk. Just regular whole milk. Uh, my recipe not organic. Low fat milk. Not organic. Oh. Well, I, I love the, I know I've mentioned Strauss several times, uh-huh. I love the Strauss milk, which is organic, mm-hmm. um, but I, uh, the, my recipe will work with whatever milk you have access to. Okay, okay. Um, how many, um, which type of reader do you think will be making the yogurt? Do you think it will be cheese people, foodie people, diet people? Do you have a sense of who's interested? I just really think it's widespread. I, kids love yogurt. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a lot of parents, uh, I hope a lot of parents of young children will start making their own so mm-hmm. that they're not just buying those um, over-sweetened and fruit-flavored yogurts for their kids. They're making, right. they're making their own. So I hope a lot of uh, parents of young children will, mm-hmm. will try it. I think yogurt is becoming a and it's, you know, it's part of, just what you have oh. uh, if, in your in your fridge. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't see it as an ethnic ingredient. Um, I, I don't see it as any particular age group. I think anybody mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. enjoys good food okay. is probably going to enjoy making and, and playing around with yogurt. Mm-hmm. Now another um, a little part of your book is talking about yogurt cheese, which you also have a recipe for. That's make it, made out of yogurt. Yeah, it's super simple. It's basically it's just uh, Greek yogurt that's drained a little further. So okay. you can start with your own homemade yogurt or store-bought yogurt, and you drain it for you know twelve to twenty-four hours until you get that spreadable texture, like a soft chev. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically cheese. You can spread it on a bagel. I love to spread it on crostini and then put like a roasted tomato on top. Uh-huh. So is that more typically used in a savory direction? You could certainly use it. You could uh, have it for breakfast with honey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spread it on your toast okay. and put honey on top, and uh, it's a you know, good butter replacement. Mm-hmm. Does it um, have another name? Yeah, well, and yes. Uh, it's also known as Lebne. Okay. Or Lebne okay. in uh, you know, Lebanese and Middle Eastern mm-hmm. uh, cultures. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now, recipes. You, there's so many of them. Which are your oldest favorites in the book? Oh, goodness. Oldest favorites. Well, um, I'll, can I tell you about a new favorite instead? Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking about um, a dish that I made just the other evening because we have an abundance of, I grow fava beans and we have asparagus in the market now and artichokes. And I made a lamb, um, a braised lamb shoulder from the book. That uh-huh. uh, In the book it has artichokes and peas, but I had fava beans. So it's braised lamb shoulder with artichokes and peas and yogurt. You add the yogurt at the end. So it's uh, not marinated in the yogurt? No, it's not marinated okay. in the yogurt. You brown the lamb shoulder chops. I use lamb shoulder chops. Mm-hmm. And so you've got the lamb on the bone, which is always better. Mm-hmm. And I brown them and then braise them in a little bit of um, stock or water and with a sprig of mint and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of onion and garlic. Mm-hmm. And, so and that... uh, the artichokes go in towards the end and the fava beans, of mm-hmm. course, near the end. So that was one of the newer-to-you recipes in the book. Yeah, it's okay. a... It's a Lebanese-inspired dish, mm-hmm. I would say, or a Lebanese friend told me about it, and I've just adapted it mm-hmm. uh, to my taste. Another interesting part of the book is all the 
you have some spices in there that I've never heard of and and recipes from many different countries. I guess m- many yogurt-based uh, recipe cultures. Yeah, you know, you re- it's fascinating to look at what I call the arc of yogurt mm-hmm. uh, culture, which goes from, if you trace an arc from... Um, from uh, Bulgaria to uh, Baghdad to down to Bombay. Actually, you, physically you on a map. Make this, this arc, mm-hmm. and that's where yogurt has been and has spread. Mm-hmm. It started mm-hmm. in Central Asia, and then it spread down, you know, into um, into North India, and then it spread west into the Balkans. Mm-hmm. At uh, those countries along that arc are the ones who've used yoga the longest. Mm-hmm. So that's where we have, you know, where we get spices like Aleppo pepper, right. and Zaatar, and mm-hmm. dukkha from Egypt. And so all these... Tell us about dukkha. That's this. one I never heard of. I'm sorry, which tell, tell us about dukkha. That's one I oh, never heard of. Um, dukkha, I'm calling it a spice, but it's really a, a blend mm-hmm. of nuts and, and um, spices. It's from Egypt, mm-hmm. and it's Addictive. Let me warn you. Uh, it's got totally. toasted sesame, uh, toasted sesame, toasted hazelnuts, mm-hmm. uh, cumin, um, salt, and uh, it's uh, in Egypt. They typically dip bread or like a flat bread in olive oil, and then then in the dukkha and mm-hmm. just eat it that way. Mm-hmm. I I put it on top of spinach that I've wilted and served uh, over yogurt, warm mm-hmm. yogurt with the buttery spinach and the dukkha on top. And do you oh, recommend good. making your own dukkha blend, or can you buy it easily in this you country? You can easily make your own. I actually did not give a recipe because it's so easy to buy in a spice shop. Okay. Um, or you can you know can find easy recipes mm-hmm. online. But it's uh, basically, as I said, the nuts, okay. sesame seeds, cumin, and coriander. Okay. And, and what is vadavan, and what does that go in? Vadavan, I think I just used it in one recipe. It's, some people call it a French uh, curry. Mm-hmm. It's got um, turmeric in it and a little bit of warmth and uh, a lot of toasted shallot and garlic. I don't know anybody who makes it. You, you would buy it in a spice shop. And I um, got it from um, a rest. Gosh, I'm, I know I got it from a Turkish restaurant in San Francisco. They use the Vatavan. On you may have to remind me because uh, it was on a vegetable. Oh, I don't dish, think I put the kind of page number. Out. But it's only used in one recipe okay. in the book, and I can't even remember which one it is. Huh. But it's a, it gives it kind of a curry sort of mm-hmm. like. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It, uh, now I remember. It's a green bean dish. Oh okay. It's okay. Uh, braised green beans with uh, tomato and yogurt. Uh, yeah, there's a wonderful Greek, I mean, Turkish restaurant in San Francisco called uh, Troya, T-R-O-Y-A. And mm-hmm. uh, I had the dish there, and they gave me the recipe, and it has vadovan in it. Ah, okay. Well, I also understand, uh, and it must be a great time of year for you, you are a master gardener? I am. Is that, a, that's an official designation? Yeah, it means I've gone through a training program. Uh, it's a uh, program that exists in many um, states around the country, and we master gardeners uh, maintain our certification by uh, giving back to the community every uh-huh. year and um, and doing continuing ed. But so we answer people's gardening questions, uh-huh. and we do workshops and seminars in our communities. 
and, and I, I'm an avid, avid gardener. And I saw a picture of you, I think on your blog, with lavender gla- grasses. It, oh, uh, I have a lot of lavender in the backyard. It was that's for gorgeous. Sure. <laughs> it was absolutely gorgeous. So yeah, you must be you're hitting you're hitting uh, gardening season, or you're hitting you know. Well, you know, Diane, I live in the Napa Valley, and it's um, it's gardening season year round here. Oh, okay. <laughs> we okay. garden. I grow vegetables year round. We have uh, a, a year round gardening climate, right. so and that's really reflected in the book as well. A a uh, wonderful uh, concentration on vegetables and things grown in the backyard or in the very fancy backyard. Well, all the recipes work with produce that you can buy at your local market. There's, mm-hmm. I'm not a fancy cook. I'm not a chef. I'm a home cook. Mm-hmm. And uh, my recipes, I think, are very sim- simple and approachable. And they'll work with, um, you know, the better ingredients you use, the better they're going to taste. But mm-hmm. you don't have to grow them yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Janet. It's been a pleasure talking to you about the book, Yogurt. Uh, you know, what sweet and savory recipes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We didn't eat, talk much about breakfast and dessert, but, you know, it's in the book, and people can find the recipes and check them out there. Yeah, people can take a look on my website, JanetFletcher.com, to get Mm -hmm. a a closer look at the book and at Planet Cheese, and I hope they will. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I thank you, Diane. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.